Back to JT the Brick, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. It's time for JT the Brick, live at Super Bowl 57. Touchdown, Kansas City! Travis Kelsey from Patrick Mahomes! Two teams that I don't like, one that I grew up hating in Philadelphia, and the arch nemesis of the Raider Nation are playing each other in the Super Bowl. So I did not win the lottery on that. No one picked us to win. But I'm pretty pissed off. You can doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! I believe that Kansas City won the game with the help of the officials. Sound off with JT the Brick. We got to do some Super Bowl talk here. The Philadelphia Eagles have won the NFC Championship. This is the worst case scenario. If you were told me in my life who are the two teams I don't want to see in the Super Bowl, it would be Philadelphia, the team of my youth that I hated, and it would be Kansas City. Attention, air traffic control. A flock of Eagles is heading to Arizona. Philadelphia, I need them to beat Kansas City. Raider Nation all day. I can't ever go for the Queens ever, ever, ever. So I'm a Philly fan from this point until the Super Bowl. But I know the job isn't done. Let's do our job on the radio to root against Kansas City. The Super Bowl is set, and I got a lot to get to. And now, live from Radio Row, here's JT the Brick. Nice job by Bobby Machado with the new opening. JT, live from Radio Row, the Phoenix Downtown Convention Center. Hour number two here today. I'm working Sirius XM Mad Dog at night. Here during the day, we've had a good day today, and we'll debut the first of our Super Bowl podcast for the Raiders. You can check that out, Raiders Roundtable, as soon as that drops. Q Myers interviewed Rich Gannon. I interviewed Anthony Munoz, who you're going to hear here in a moment, and you can catch that. And we'll do another one on Thursday. So we're going to do it Tuesday and Thursday. And then next year, man, the Raiders really have a nice setup here. Next year, the Super Bowl will be in Vegas, and we're going to do a really big job there too. So this is kind of the calm before the storm, before next year where Radio Row will be at the Mandalay Bay convention center how about some breaking news there i talked to my friend jeff motley and a couple of people behind the scenes from the las vegas convention authority who was here got myself a beautiful vegas super bowl coffee mug which i'm excited about and we talked about it and i asked well where are you going to do this next year the las vegas convention center they said no looks like it's going to be at mandalay bay the convention center there which is great because you can walk from Mandalay Bay over to Allegiant Stadium. And I don't know what's going on. I have, I'm not privy to any information a year out on the Super Bowl, other than the fact that it's going to be the greatest Super Bowl of all time because it's in Vegas. Once Vegas gets the Super Bowl, that will be the new gold standard. It has to be. And Phoenix is a pretty good market, too, because the weather's incredible. Everybody's having a great time. Everybody's in a good mood here because the weather's always good and there's a lot going on. And this is the perfect storm because you have the waste management PGA event, which is a rock concert. So you can kill two birds or three birds with one stone instead of going to this party and getting around town and hoofing and trying to get an Uber to go everywhere. If you just go to that golf tournament and get into some tents and some VIPs, you know what I'm talking about. That's a Super Bowl party. Everyone's in shorts and golf shirts and partying and having a great time. That's pretty nice. Imagine if the PGA was in Vegas during the Super Bowl next year. So this is a great Super Bowl market. I'm excited to be here. I'm not excited with the teams. I root against both these teams. I despise both of these teams. I wish the final score was 0-0 or they canceled the game, but someone's going to win, and I'll go with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to win the game over Kansas City. Uh, I'll give the final score out throughout the week here. Still working on that and some numbers and 
talking to a lot of people that I'm interviewing here about the game and, and what they think is going to be the difference. What I've been saying and what's going to be a major feature of my broadcast all week is the physicality. I don't like finesse football. I like energy, hardcore, physical football. I like Ray Lewis, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White. I like guys who play defense like Ted Hendricks. I like sacks and fumbles and strip sacks. I think you're going to see that in this game. I think both teams are super physical. Philadelphia maybe even a little bit more. So I love this. I think there's going to be a lot of intensity, a lot of energy. Uh, There's going to be a lot of violence in this football game. If I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm pretty concerned about what I see on the other side. And another big point, Philadelphia came on one of the easiest roads in Super Bowl history. They played a very easy schedule outside their division. Remember, they had three teams from the division who ended up making the playoffs. So Dallas, the Giants, and Philadelphia. But the Giants were no good. Giants were no good, and Dallas was very flawed. Philadelphia only had to beat the New York Giants with Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, who blew up his elbow. That is not one of the greatest tests of all time, ladies and gentlemen. But as I was talking with Q this morning, 11 out of 12 of the starters in this game for Philadelphia on one side of the ball came through the draft. Howie Roseman has done an incredible job putting this team together. I cannot believe how Philadelphia has nailed the draft. The Seattle Seahawks, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Kansas City Chiefs really bettered their teams through the draft. And it's something that Dave Ziegler is going to have to do. Dave's got no choice but to thread the needle and to have a great draft and some free agency here because other teams that were able to do it. The other teams that pulled it off all had really good years and playoff years. So that's what we're talking about here. If you want to jump in, we'd like to hear from you. 702-365-9200. A little while ago, right before the start of the show, I caught up with Hall of Fame offensive lineman, one of my good friends and the greatest to ever play, Anthony Munoz. JT back on Radio Row with Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz on your 25th anniversary since your induction. Great to see you. Good seeing you, man. 25 years down in San Diego. Yeah. Super Bowl in San Diego when I got word that I was going to be a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it, it's amazing how fast it goes. And you just got a new job at the Hall of Fame. Tell us about just that. Just this past summer. So, you know, new president, Jim Porter, a uh, little over a year has been at the position. Uh, and the board decided to, to create a new position, new job for someone to work right with Jim Porter. And, uh, you know, I've been on the board there for the Hall of Fame for probably seven, eight years. And uh, so they put together a search committee and asked me if I'd be on the search committee. I said, why don't we let another Hall of Famer be on it? Because I'm on that board. I'm in the assistance fund board. Let's get more guys involved. So they did that. About a week after they formed the, the board, they said, hey, you're being nominated by a lot of these board members as a candidate. And I said, well, let me see the, the job description. I looked at it. First couple things, no relocation. I love Canton, but I love Cincinnati. I got a lot going on. And no disruption of things you're doing in Cincinnati, i.e. foundation and stuff. I looked at the uh, job description. And it was like, whoa. I've been doing these things for 20, 25 years, so I said I'd love to include my name. Into the, and it was a long process. They hired Corn Ferry Search Committee to search group to go through the interview process. Seven-person search committee from the board. Wow. It was all said and done. They, they offered me the job, the chief football relationship officer, and I said I would be honored, humbled to take it, represent my Hall of Famers, the staff, the board, and the community of Canton. And, uh, and that's what we're doing, just... Uh, going through uh, meeting NFL owners, corporate partners, just doing a lot of you know relational type of stuff. 
What's your vision for the job five years from now? What would you like to do if you hand it off to someone else down the road? Well, some of the things that are going on, and I'd love to be a part of, you know, right now, things that are going in the hall, long-term planning. We have Gallagher and Associates that are really bringing the museum up to 2023. Yeah. I mean, it's we have a great museum, but it's like stuck in the ni- late 90s, mid-90s. So doing some things that do that, uh, we're going to have a bigger footprint of the co- uh, Black College Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a small, we want to increase that. Uh, more uh, impact programs outside. Right now, we'll, you'll hear more about it. We're doing a mental health big event that's going to uh, really educate and you know have people get some help. As we know, mm-hmm. mental health is yeah, big in huge. the country. You know, so a lot of those things. Uh, you know, we've been on pretty much. I haven't made all of them, but we've been on a meet the NFL owner tour. Just going in and saying, hey, Mark, we'd love to come in. Just asking nothing, just going in. Mark Davis, we'd love to just give you an update what's going on. Introduce our new employee, Anthony Munoz. And so I've had an opportunity to go to Jacksonville and Philly and, you know, to the Giants and, you know, the Bengals. And so I already know, the, but just going in and sharing, hey, here's the direction we're going in. These are the things that are happening at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, meeting with corporate partners, you know. Uh, and just a lot of that. And uh, so we're building that exactly how that all comes about, you know, doing the, the national media. You know, we got a lot of, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say I'm the face of the Hall of Fame because we got 180 some guys that yeah. are the face of the Hall of Fame. But anytime I can do an interview like this and talk about the great things that are going on at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'm going to do it. And that's part of, you know, what uh, what my job description calls Hall of for. Famer Anthony Munoz joins us. Getting back to Mark Davis with his dad, Al Davis, who you knew yeah. well. Yeah. You know, Mark had a lot to do with getting rings for the Hall of Famers who yeah. passed away in their yeah. families. And right. I went behind the scenes yeah. and talked to him about what a passion project yeah. that was. Because, you know, Cliff passed away right. and Ken Stabler, the snake. And right. Junior Seau, a yeah. great friend. So yeah. talk about how important that was to get rings for the actual family so they could have something to hold on to. Well, you know, our mission statement is uh, honor the greatest of the game. And, and I think that's the way of honoring these guys that have passed away. As you mentioned, a couple, you know, the snake and you know, Cliff Branch and Junior Seau is uh, allowing their family to have the, you know, the ring to and say, hey, we're going to honor your your husband, your you know your father, whoever it is. And uh, so I think that's been huge. Again, you mentioned Mark Davis. He's been after it. And that's the great thing about Jim Porter. Not that everything's going to happen that he hears, but he takes whatever recommendations and he'll really look at it. And his, his whole thing really focuses on that first line of the mission statement, honor the greatest of the game. Whatever we do, we want to honor the greatest of the game and the game. And then the second one is preserve its history. Yes. So, as you know, great history of the game. Anthony, I want to stay on this because you care. And I, sometimes I get frustrated. You know how often I go back when some of the younger guys don't go back every yeah. year. You go back all the time. And yeah. you look at the legends who come back all the time they get it. Is that a generational thing? You know what? Uh, hopefully we can change yeah. that. Uh, you know, I think the first guy I think about is Bobby Bell. 35 years in a row. He's the best. He is unbelievable. You have guys that do that, and they just have a passion for what's going on. So, you know, I think what's going on with the Hall, the focus being brought back to the guys, and we're making time for, you know, Hall of Famers just to enjoy each other with the families. And Jim Porter's done that with a couple events that were happening 15 years ago that were eliminated, but being brought back, you know, and, you know, take one for instance. Friday night is the gold jacket ceremony at the Civic Center. We used to go back to the hotel that's been totally renovated. We're back downtown at the old Old McKinley. McKinley. Now it's the Doubletree, Mm -hmm. and it's crazy great now. The ballroom last year was set for music, food, and drinks. 
come back, take your jacket off, put sweats, and just for Hall of Famers and their families. And Jim Porter, he has a great line. He said, it's just for Hall of Famers, but he stuck his head in just to make sure. <laughs> and we just lost, and um, we, we've lost a lot. But this guy I've known since, man, the 80s when I was playing, Franco Harris. Yeah. And Jim says, I went in to see how the party was going. He said, I think the party was going pretty good because Franco Harris was leading the Congo line <laughs> at you know midnight, <laughs> one in the morning. So things like that, just to bring the focus yeah. back, to really allow these younger guys to come back. Wrapping it up with Anthony Munoz, Hall of Famer. Finally, uh, to name drop, Joe Burrow was in Vegas for Warren Moon's Pro Bowl soiree. You went to that party all the time in uh, Hawaii back in the day. I just want to tell you, seeing him work the room in a cigar lounge <laughs> to see how uh, much of a gentleman he was. Yeah. He was with his buddies from Ohio. He was talking to the Raiders owner. Fred Warner's there from the Niners. Warren Moon, Ray Lewis, and he fit right in. Yeah. And to see him, and I was talking to my wife about it, look how comfortable he is and how proud are you now that he's associated oh. with your team and how great of a quarterback you have? I tell you what, he's the real deal and I've not gotten to know him that well but I watch him a lot. I'm, I'm one that really loves to watch body language and how they interact and I can tell that these guys on his team will run through a wall for him and I did, my very first interview today was with the guy that I felt the same way about and that's Boomer Esiason. Nice. I mean the guy came in, had the same swag and the same confident. You know most people would say cocky, arrogant. No, it's just confidence in knowing that you can do the job and that's what I see in Joe and I mean you know the example I used two years ago uh, Riley uh, was Riley Reef from the mm -hmm. Vikings yeah. came in 10-year veteran had dinner with Joe the night before and the next morning he said after having dinner with this guy I got to play for him there's a 10-year veteran yeah and I think he was a rookie or second-year quarterback that speaks volumes after you know someone says that but I, I love you know how he handles himself during a game and like you're saying to see that how he handled and that doesn't surprise me Last one, the Trojans, Lincoln Riley, and potentially and eventually moving to the SEC. How do you feel about that with the tradition of the Pac-8, the Pac-12, what's going to happen well, now, and the recruiting process? Yeah. You would assume the Trojans are going to get even better players, and they get some yeah. of the best players in the world. Well, it's actually Big Ten. Big Ten, is, excuse yeah. me, Big Ten. No, yeah. I'm excited because yeah. I live in Ohio, yeah. and it's closer to me. I'm coming right to you. But, uh, you know, for me, it's like I was an offensive lineman, mm -hmm. but if you're a quarterback, why wouldn't you go play for – Lincoln Riley. Right. If, if the Heisman means anything to you as a quarterback, I mean, but no, I think he's done it. I've gotten to know him. I've connected with them. Good. The guy is fa laser focused. Caleb Williams is laser focused. I mean, Lincoln Riley. I went, so I did a camp last year's Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Started at 4 30 on the practice field at USC. While USC was practicing, about a half an hour left in practice. And in the future, or in the past, when a player would step on the field, the head coach would come right over, hey, Anthony, how you doing? Then go finish. I walked on the field, was watching practice for 40 minutes, and he was so laser, he finished the practice. He had a job to do. And then after practice, was, then he came over and said hi. Big difference. So I've been impressed with them. Congratulations on the new role at the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Always great being with you. You got it. Anthony right. Munoz, everyone. How about that? What a cool guy. Anthony Munoz. And I could talk to him, and I have talked to him for days about L.A. and USC and all the other issues that he's done along the way and his history in the AFC and the Hall of Fame and all that. 25 years, and now he's got a big job at the Hall of Fame, a huge job at the Hall of Fame, which is going to be great for Raider Nation because you know how the Raiders and Mark Davis and all the great players are tied to the team. So with all that, good to catch up with Anthony Munoz. And we also have the video of that interview up at Raiders Roundtable. That just went out on Twitter from the Raiders. So if you could uh, download and share that, we'd appreciate it. As the Raiders are here, 
And Eddie Pascal's also here from the digital department, and he's downloading some interviews too. Uh, Dana White coming up also, so stick around for that. The president of UFC, what he thinks about the Raiders going forward, the economy in Las Vegas, uh, the Super Bowl next year in Vegas. Dana White's going to join us. Uh, coming up also, Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. So Chris will join us. And you should want to call into this show, man. I know i got a lot of interviews, but if you're driving and you're pumping in, you want to get in and you want to get the vibe of the Super Bowl and give us your prediction, who's going to win the game? I need the score and the MVP. That's all I need. Don't need anything else. Don't care about this or that. I want to know who's going to win the game and who's going to be the uh, MVP of the game and how you see the game and the flow of the game going, especially if you're a Raider fan and you're rooting against Kansas City. 702-365-9200. Check out all of our media at JT the Brick, also at Raider Nation Radio. This is my 25th year of being on Radio Row, and I want to thank Modelo as we arrived in beautiful Phoenix at our Airbnb for Raider Nation Radio. They filled it with Modelo. Let that sink in. How generous Steve Gomez is of Modelo, our partner. We get out to Phoenix, we get into our Airbnb, and it's filled with Modelo. Thank you. The JT The Brick Show is live from Radio Row in Arizona. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. It's fun to be here. It's such a great event. Fans are amazing. A lot of people yelling different teams they want me to come to next year, um, which has been fun because uh, we got a little uh, inside bet going about which team's going to have the most fans, but uh, it's been fun. I was going to say that for my last question, but you're leading me right into it. Is there maybe like a favorite color, favorite city? that you might have on your mind for next season? I'm just going to say that the uh, predominant uh, team that we hear as we're walking is Raiders. A lot of a lot of Raider fans <laughs> are encouraging me. A lot of Devontae misses you comments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we're having some fun with it. It's a great, uh, you know, great event for the fans to come out here, and hopefully we can get back on the course. Listen, if you want to break some news with us here on CBS, we would love for that to happen. But just think about it. You don't have to answer now. <laughs> Talk. If you're a Raider fan and you don't want Aaron Rodgers, you got to be out of your mind. I mean, if you're a Raider fan and you don't want Aaron Rodgers for two or three years, have you lost your mind? Look, I wanted Tom Brady. I want Aaron Rodgers. I want the legends of the game to play for the Raiders. Of course I'd like to have a young quarterback and develop him into the next Patrick Mahomes. You know the odds of doing that, how tough it is? So we're all in the same group. I just happen to be sitting here on Radio Row in downtown Phoenix. I know just as much as you. Dave hasn't texted me and called me and said who they're signing. I talked to Mark Davis the other night as he was sitting down next to Joe Burrow having a cigar. I didn't ask Mark who the quarterback's going to be. I'm like you. I'm just sitting back and waiting for the news. I will tell you, if it's Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for this team, this team will win the Super Bowl in the short term. They'll win it in the short term. Maybe not this upcoming year in Vegas, but they'll be in a position to win. And if they don't get him, and they want to go with another quarterback, and they do everything right with the defense, and re-sign Josh Jacobs, and just play great football, they can win it. But Aaron Rodgers gives everyone a better chance to win. And Aaron Rodgers just broke news. He was on with the Pat McAfee Show, which is right behind us. He said he's going to embark on a four-day, four-night darkness retreat. I repeat, 
Aaron Rodgers told Pat McAfee today that he's about to embark on a four-day, four-night darkness retreat. Quote, I got a pretty good opportunity to do a a little self-reflection in isolation. And then after that, I feel like I'll be a lot closer to the final, final decision. Rodgers said he has not decided if he'll play in 2023, whether that's with the Packers or another team. Why would he do that? He's getting $60 million dollars. Pretty much guaranteed, fifty plus million dollars. He's not going to walk away from that money, so we know he's going to play. Have we all lost our mind? We know he's going to play. That shouldn't be a topic. He's not going to walk away from that much money. The question is, does he want to get traded from Green Bay to Las Vegas or to Nashville to play with the Titans, which I think is a really good fit, or Santa Clara to play with the 49ers? And I don't think the 49ers want to spend that much money on him because they have Trey Lance and they have Brock Purdy who proved themselves. So the Raiders should be in the final choice. The final two? or maybe the final three, and Raider Nation should be talking about this around the clock. 702-365-9200. As we continue with my good friend who's kind enough to join us, Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. And, Chris, busy time for you with football coming and now NASCAR coming. Your busy time of the year, but then again, you're always busy. How are you? Uh, it's good to talk to you and good to have you at another uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, the uh, the clash of the Coliseum where they turned the USC football field just in a matter of, what, six weeks or maybe a little more than a month in, into a quarter-mile racetrack. And it's the clash, which used to be in, in Daytona, and they've had it some other places. But last year they did. It was a great success, so they got it going again this year, the Sunday before the Super Bowl, obviously. And then the Sunday after the Super Bowl is the – it's their Super Bowl, NASCAR Super Bowl, and the kickoff to the, the season, the point season, the Daytona 500. So a lot going on. But the L.A. crowd was great. There's musical performance. It's, the, the clash is kind of a warm-up. It's a very different kind of race, more of a fun atmosphere for the drivers to, to get the engines going early. And a lot of them uh, were talking about uh, the Super Bowl, including Clint Boyer at the booth, who's been a diehard Kansas City Chiefs fan, is good friends with uh, Andy Reid and Mahomes and the, and the front office there. He's... Yeah, he's been since since they lost to the Bucks. He's been hollering about them getting back, but we'll see how they stand against the Eagles. Chris, you've had so many broadcasts either on the call or back in the day on the sidelines with Andy Reid when he was in Philadelphia, now in Kansas City, and everybody talks about when he has two weeks to prepare. The record is enormous. It's it's a difference maker when he has more time to prepare. I think Kansas City needs it as a couple of their receivers are banged up and they need more time for Mahomes' ankle to heal. How do you see it? Yeah, absolutely, for health reasons. But even when Andy has, during the regular season, the bye week, he, he always seems to come up uh, with a little bit more. And, and he, anyway, on a, on a regular basis, adds, as his players will tell you, on offense, uh, no matter what plays they have that work, he's always adding plays. I know a lot of teams do, but he'll add stuff that's that's totally different and, and make it seem so natural in the in the flow of, of their offense. And I, yeah, I was fortunate. The first Super Bowl I did as the sideline reporter was the Eagles Super Bowl with the Patriots, the one they played down in, in Jacksonville. And then I, I was fortunate enough to be on the Chiefs sideline covering their, their sideline with Aaron Andrews over on the 49ers sideline when they actually won the, won the Super Bowl, which, which was big for Andy and Patrick Mahomes. Remember, they had to come back. Uh, in that game to do it. That was that, that run when they were coming back from double digits against everybody in the in the postseason, uh, the, the Chiefs and, and Andy Reid. So I, I think uh, Andy certainly, as long as his quarterback is healthy, and we'll watch this, but it was amazing even what they did and how he adjusted in some of the play calling offensively when he didn't have the 100% mobile Patrick Mahomes in that in that championship game. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. Chris, I'm looking at the depth chart 
of Kansas City on defense. And as I mentioned earlier before you came on, they lost Tyreek Hill, but they lose Tyron Matthew, and they drafted well. And the, and the play of Frank Clark up front and Chris Jones is making a difference now. Clark is a beast. He, I think he's playing himself into the back end of a Hall of Fame career. He's been an integral part of this franchise, and now he is a game changer for the last couple of years here. And they're not getting beat on the back end, at least, in the postseason here. So let's talk about Kansas City from up front, those edge rushes, the push they get in the middle that could cause Jalen Hurts a lot of problems. Yeah, and I think we overlook the defense because of how good and explosive the offense is. And and, and Steve Spagnuolo has done a, an amazing job through the years. Just, you know, they had a lot of rookies playing this year, uh, JT, especially on defense. I mean, some had, had to start throughout. I mean, they're not rookies now. They have a full season under their belt. Uh, rookie season and and a lot of guys that have added depth and I agree with the the, the, the pass rush especially with, with Clark and Jones Jones was up you know Chris Jones for for defensive player of the year you know with Bosa and Micah Parsons he, he could have easily won it but what I think I've been impressed with with and you talk about that pass rush especially when they've needed it in the second half of the game or in the fourth quarter during this postseason run here to get them to the Super Bowl they really whether they save the strength or mix up the the kind of rush or coverages they're using from from their defensive scheme uh, that's been very effective and against some very good quarterbacks obviously and they're going to have another one the challenge here is this is putting pressure on uh, on Hurts on Jalen Hurts it's really in having having called an Eagles game this year and in a game where actually they were defended rather well but they won the game which is what they did that a lot it, it's it's the the running and how with the quarterback like that who also you know who's going to handle? Who's he going to hand it to? Is he going to keep it? And, and his ability to throw with what is an excellent receiving core and even a great tight end in, in Dallas Goddard. So I, I, I think we're not all convinced, and we're guilty of this coming into the year, JT, about Jalen Hurts that that maybe he's not the great, you know, the passer. His his rating in the pocket as a passer has been very good, but that's because the running game's been very good. So my point is that that's where I think. Uh, that defensive front you talked about, they're going to have to be tough against the run and be disruptive so that Jalen Hurts has to make a bad decision or at least force him into quick mm-hmm. decisions so maybe they aren't the, his first choice. Chris Myers joins us from the NFL on Fox. Let's go over to the Eagles and their depth chart. They have a rotation now on that defensive line and the addition of Indomitian and Sue and who they brought in. They got a rotation for fresh legs, but I, I just love the way they're playing physical football, Chris. And when you see this team play live and you go to a production meeting or if you see a practice, do they just look different when it comes to the physicality? They're nasty up front on the offensive line, and the defensive line is just as rough and tough. Yeah, they're big, but they are—they're strong. You notice that even in in practice, whether it's a, a Fletcher Cox, you mentioned a, a veteran like Graham. They add, you know, Dominic and Sue Limbo, Joseph. What what excellent pieces, and that tells the rest of the team here during the year. You know, we're really going for it. You know, this is you know this is our chance to even the way they made the trade with AJ Brown on on offense, but from a defensive standpoint. That that defensive line gave the 49er offensive line, and I know that the that, that Brock Purdy got hurt, and they they created that. Uh, but they gave that offensive line a tough time. I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. the 49ers run on teams, uh, no matter how good their defense is, and and they were they were Eagles weren't having any of it. So, uh, and that's another thing that's worked well for the Chiefs this year is their running game and how different it's been because they haven't they still get explosive plays, but with the receiver limitations you talked about, they haven't thrown the ball downfield. As much, or at least they've had to adjust their offense. They're a little more methodical, a little more long, you know, 80-yard drive or 
or a longer amount of plays on a drive. So uh, I think that defensive line, in fact, the Eagles, if they are, and they have the slight favorites here, if they are going to win this, it's that defensive line. And again, their offensive line, which is one of the best in football, which can help counter what we were talking about with the Chiefs defense. Chris, how does a guy like Hassan Reddick at a temple have 16 sacks and play at this level? I know he was a high draft pick back in 2017, but that he jumped off the television with me against the 49ers. There was no one who could guard him. They were trying to chip him. What an athlete, again, when you add up those bullies that they have on the interior, as you said, <laughs> Linval yeah. Joseph and who they have, and then you can move him around on each side and he's blitzing off the edge. What a player and yeah. a great tackler on top of it. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a good line for him, bullies. Uh, he also, and I, I got to talk with Reddick this year, I, I mean, he was he was really angry. You know, he was a high draft pick of the Cardinals, but they never really put him in the right place. They moved him around too much. And so credit the Eagles for getting him and then uh, and then putting him in the best position. And, and, J.T., he doesn't just get to quarterbacks and sack. He, 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 it's such speed working around. I mean, he's got some technique as well, but the speed stood out to me when I – watch him in person, but he doesn't just get the quarterbacks. His strip sack numbers, I don't have them in front of me, but they're absolutely incredible. The game, And we, we saw it again. It, it seems like every game he's not just getting to the quarterback, he's knocking the ball out. So, yes, uh, you worry about a guy like that, and then it's going to open up the door for, for somebody else on that Eagle defense. He had an outstanding year, but, again, a talent like that, that the Eagles make a move to get and then put him in the best place to succeed. You know, and you know what jumps me out when we're talking about defense this year? I think these quarterbacks, as young as they are, and again, I know they're, maybe they each are not 100% healthy, but the things that they do so well, this is what I think will be fun about this game. No matter how good a defense plays or what position they're in, these are the kinds of quarterbacks that, that can create a wow play by either running for something or throwing on the run or escaping a rush that we, you thought you had him sacked and they, and they take off for 25 yards and a first down or a touchdown, maybe more than any other two quarterbacks we've seen in the Super Bowl in a long time, which, which will make it no matter you know, who's ahead and what time, I, I think make it more exciting to the finish. Chris Myers, kind enough to join us from the NFL on Fox. So, Chris, three quarterbacks that you recently covered over the last decade or so, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and now Tom Brady, all left their original teams and went to other teams on the back end of their career. And Peyton Manning went to two Super Bowls and won one. Favre was very close to going back to one uh, from Minnesota. And then Tom Brady won one with Tampa. I bring those up because I want your opinion on Aaron Rodgers. It looks like this is the moment where he's ready to go. We forget he's under contract, and it shouldn't be his decision. It's Green Bay in control of his contract, but it seems like he's getting ready for another chapter and maybe the right time for Green Bay to move on and go with Jordan Love and get some assets on the back end to relaunch. How do you see it? Well, the, the key of that is the Packers should know more than anybody, is Jordan Love ready? They made the move to draft him like they did. He sat enough. And, and we haven't seen him play enough, but they certainly should know. Uh, the head coach, the organization, is he ready? No, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, but can he get to, can he eventually, you know, you guys made the move. So if you think that way, well, then, okay, trade Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know what Aaron, the drama every year, retire, want to go here, want a new contract, need receivers. I, I, I can't figure out anymore where he wants to be what's going to make him happy i know years ago he said to me about playing out west or playing in a dome might be a, a neat thing if he thought about going somewhere else towards the end of his his career he certainly uh, is, is a top quarterback in in the league 
but he's not at the same Aaron Rodgers level, the MVP level, even though it was only a year ago. And, of course, he's got a couple of them in, the, in recent years. But we've seen a difference, though, is that what's around him are the receivers. He's had some, some pretty good running backs and, and people to work with. The Green Bay situation, I don't know that it's so automatic yet that they're going to deal him away. It's also what are they going to get? Maybe they've had it in terms of you know the salary and dealing with him. Matt LaFleur, they haven't hit the big prize here, and this was a really rough year uh, for them. And, and Aaron Rodgers is part of that because when they were in the playoffs as a high seed the previous years, he didn't do enough in the postseason to get them into uh, the big game. So I'm with you. It wouldn't surprise me. I know we talked about it last time we spoke. I think I thought he'd stay in Green Bay, and I just haven't seen enough yet from them. And then you're right. They hold the cards that they want to deal him away. Uh, but I certainly know that there would be teams, I'm sure, whether it's a team like the Raiders or the Jets, there's a lot of teams, even Tampa Bay, look what they did with, with Tom Brady that would want to get an Aaron Rodgers. Chris Myers, as we wrap it up. Chris, you've had so many big moments for Fox in your career at the Super Bowl. What's your biggest memory? What's the memory that most people come up to you and recognize you from as a broadcaster when it comes to your legacy at the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, it's nice you to say, I don't know that I, that I have a legacy because they always think of the teams and the players first, which I, I do too as a, as a fan of the game. A couple jump out, uh, dealing on a losing side with Bill Belichick when the previously unbeaten Patriots uh, went in and, and lost to the Giants, actually in, in Phoenix, in Arizona. And I had to interview you know, moments after the game for Fox on a national scale and covering that sideline. Look, I thought the late touchdown to Randy Moss that they were going to win it and finish a perfect season. And Belichick was, was certainly not very comfortable. So people commented soon after that. But, but more recently, you know, Tom Brady, I mean, the recent one with the Mahomes and Andy Reid, his wife stepping in as we were interviewing him live after uh, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. But Tom Brady, that comeback, on that sideline covering that, that Patriot team when they were down to Atlanta and the, the calm and the control and the belief and the confidence and how drained he was afterwards in overtime, greatest Super Bowl comeback, only OT in a Super Bowl, and, and, and then spending a few moments with us live with that crowd around him and a larger media crowd than normal because they opened it up early and, and then they went into overtime uh, was, a, was a moment that a lot of people uh, be, uh, still talk about, especially now that, that Tom Brady says he's, uh, he's retired good but they're all good ones hey just to be part of it and i think this is going to be fun this time around as well and one more follow-up on that on the 28 to 3 game i was there for that in the stands and and come back a great comeback always happens when another team either collapses or gives the door the opening for the other team to come back and that edelman catch and then before you could go you could go back to the tyree helmet catch or you've covered games where there's been unbelievable plays uh, let's wrap this up by talking about momentum shifts in your career when you've been there on the sideline and looked like a team was dead or a team had a lead, and then all of a sudden the momentum changes. And not only does it change, Chris, it's the Super Bowl and the whole world's watching. And, and sometimes it's it's not the best player out there. It, it's just a player that, that has the moment of his career or makes the – the, the the unbelievable catch or, or or the terrific move to get to the quarterback to sack him or 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 the special teams play something and and those happen when you have a have a close game and that's what was fascinating about that Patriot comeback because it looked like a a blowout even at halftime I mean how, how frustrated Belichick was but it but it wasn't there wasn't this give up frustration it was kind of like I know we can play better and if we play better it's going to force them. Uh, to have to play better or or they will crumble. I mean, that was the kind of the vibe. And even in that game where I know Brady, uh, there was some temper flaring on the sideline, but it was more focused not at each other. It was more focused on 
what can we do now you know, that we know we can do and, and put it into, into play. But that's what's great about uh, about a Super Bowl. Yeah, we expect Mahomes, uh, Jalen Hurts, the, the, some of the guys we, we talked about to come up with, with big plays. But when you have a close game, a competitive game, even that Chiefs come back against the 49ers where you know they, they're down 10, and the 49ers with their great defense. But things have to happen even in that Atlanta where they started offensively to slow down, you could sense it guys playing a little more conservative or the play calling gets a little more conservative. And then that's when the other team feels it. And there is, there's a definite, there, there's a definite players will tell you this JT, there's a definite momentum change to a greater degree as the games get bigger, but nothing is bigger than that at a Super Bowl, And you feel it when you're down on the field, they talk about it. it it's in their blood and it pours out on the field when they try to win it all. Thank you so much, Chris. You know this means a lot from Radio Row. Chris Myers on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, throughout the Super Bowl, all his opinions this week, everything he does on his podcast, one of the greats, and I really appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much, Chris. All right, anytime. How many Super Bowls for you now on Radio this is, Row? JT? This is 25. This is 25 for me. How about wow, that all right. <laughs> Anniversary coming up. Well, enjoy. It's always good talking to you. We'll catch up soon. The great Chris Myers, good to catch up with him, and the NASCAR work he does is tremendous. So nice guest list today. We have Dana White still that we could play coming up here on the other side. I'd rather wrap up the show with a couple of phone calls here as we're here for a few days, and we want to get you inside the Super Bowl. So give us a call, 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by Remy Martin. Serena Williams has a one-minute commercial, Remy Martin, and Serena Williams are locking in. Our proud partner is Remy Martin, and they've been with me for quite some time. You know the Quantro. You know the Remy Martin 1738. You know the Louie. You know my friendship with Remy Martin. And now they have a first quarter, one-minute commercial at the Super Bowl. And again, I would not be here at the Super Bowl if it wasn't for our proud partners. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Tori, the entire team at Remy Martin, greatly appreciate everything I that I get to do for them and they get to do for us here. It's a, it's a good partnership, and we're very proud to be associated with them. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. If you want to get through, we're basically looking for your Super Bowl pick, your Super Bowl MVP. And Aaron Rodgers has just told Pat McAfee that he's going to go on a four-day darkness retreat. He does this all the time. Last year was the yoga cleanse. If Rodgers comes out and says he wants to be a Raider, what does the Raider Nation think about that? I would think 99% of the Raider Nation wants Aaron Rodgers. And if you don't get him, you don't get him. We move on and we do another radio show. Let's get some Raider fans on board for Aaron Rodgers. He's the biggest topic at the Super Bowl. Back to JT the Brick, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. Would I be interested in having Aaron Rodgers throw to me? Yes. Uh, yes. I would love to have that, and obviously that would be a dream scenario. One that I've, I'm, I'm very familiar with. That's Devontae Adams who would like to have Aaron Rodgers throw to him. And I'm trying to figure out how every Raider fan doesn't agree with Devontae Adams. Uh, that is Aaron Rodgers and potentially coming here to Allegiant Stadium. We're here at Radio Row. Uh, I think it would be a slam dunk. I thought Tom Brady would be a slam dunk. But some of these old veterans, they retire and they want to move on. JT brought to you by DeCastaverde Law Group. Alex DeCastaverde is a dear friend. He is a Raider fan. 
He's diehard Raider Nation. He supports the team, and he supports us. If it wasn't for Alex DeCastaverde, I don't have this show live from Radio Row in beautiful downtown Phoenix. Thanks to the DeCastaverde Law Group. Give him a call, 702-222-9999. One of my best friends just got into a very, very serious car accident the other night off the strip, and I referred him to Alex DeCastaverde. I trust him. He's like family, and that's what I do. And if I can help out a friend, I'd help him out with a trusted friend, the DeCastaverde Law Group. Give them a call if you get into an accident, if you need a personal injury attorney, 702-222-9999. Big Al, you've been listening. Are you on board with Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders, or does it feel like a bizarre fit to you? Big Al in San Francisco, you're up next. Go ahead. Go ahead, Al. You got me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Pick it up. Okay. No, he's a fantastic football player. All right, we we got a bad phone line, Al. You're in San Francisco. That's the problem. When you call from San Francisco, you have to be on your roof or you have to be on the street. It's tough to reach in from there. So we'll get Al on a better phone line, 702-365-9200. Look, I, I didn't think two, three, four years ago it was an opportunity. I didn't think it was an opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to be a Raider. As of two weeks ago, it's an opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to be a Raider. I don't know what Dave Ziegler and and Josh McDaniels are thinking on this matter. When I say I have no idea, I have zero idea. They might love the opportunity. They might have had him slotted ahead of Tom Brady. We don't know. But the Raiders won six games, and the quarterback position was one of the reasons they only won six games, along with the defense. They have to get better quarterback play than Derek Carr, period. There's only a few quarterbacks in the league who are better than Derek Carr. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers were much better than Derek Carr. Not even close. And one of them's available now. The other guy retired. He's going to be a broadcaster. Is doing underwear selfies in Tom Brady. The other guy's going on a darkness retreat, whatever that means. So they're both a little bit different here. If you want to go with Jared Stidham, I have no problem with that. If Jared Stidham's going to be here, I would assume he's only going to be here because he's going to be a bridge quarterback because the Raiders are going to draft a seventh pick overall. That's the only thing I see, because if you're going to go with Stidham and go up against Russell Wilson and all these other players and all these other elite quarterbacks, I don't know how you're going to pull it off. I don't know how you're going to pull it off. You can pull it off, but it's going to be really hard to do. And I don't want to see it be difficult for the Raiders. I wanted to see it become easier for them. Josh Jacobs uh, helped this season become a little bit easier with the running game. Remember how critical we were, the offensive line coming out of camp. Wondering if this offensive line could do anything. They turned out to have the leading rusher in the NFL. How did they quiet the critics? Were they a great offensive line? No, but they did enough to have the leading rusher in the league. Now if they can find a way to get another offensive lineman who's a veteran and a rookie who can potentially start in the first two rounds, then Aaron Rodgers, or a veteran quarterback, looks at the Raiders and says, I got Josh Jacobs behind me, Devontae Adams to the left, Hunter Renfro to the right with Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, possibly. What quarterback in the league would turn that down? What quarterback in the league would say, I don't want to do that? You think Aaron Rodgers would say, I won't take that job because the defense isn't good enough? I need a better defense? No. He'll take that job because the offensive line is upgraded and Devontae's there. Devontae loves Derek Carr. They were best friends at Fresno State. Big reason why Devontae came here was to play with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is gone. He's about to be gone. And Devontae on record says he'd play with Aaron Rodgers. 
It's a pretty big topic. One of the biggest topics that we've ever talked about in my 20-plus years with the Raiders because I never thought a guy like Aaron Rodgers would become available or even Tom Brady. So that's a big topic here. When I'm done doing this show, I go on other shows. A couple of guys come up to me. My buddies from Vancouver, Detroit. I'm jumping on other shows, Sports Grid. I'm going to jump on their TV show in about a half an hour. And the only thing they're interviewing me on is the Raiders quarterback situation. They want to know exactly what the Raiders are going to do there. I give them my best opinion. And my opinion has changed in the last three to four days to Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers shuts the door on the Raiders or the Raiders don't want to do it, we'll move on to another topic. I want to thank all of our guests today. Most importantly, I want to thank the Raiders as we recorded Raiders Roundtable and had a really good time putting that together. Q interviewed Rich Gannon. I had Anthony Munoz. We're going to broadcast it again on Thursday, and that should be a pretty good one because we'll have plenty more guests. We'll probably have three or four more Raider guests coming in because most people aren't on Radio Road till about Wednesday, Thursday. So being here for today, uh, Q was here the last two days. Q's got a big show coming up. He's got a lot of really good interviews, so you're going to enjoy that as we get going. And then tonight I'm back on Mad Dog Sports Radio from 6 to 9 p.m. on Sirius XM 82. There's a lot of video, a lot of things going up at lvsportsnetwork.com, so you can check out all that. And then we'll see what happens tomorrow, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, Media Day was last night. That turned out to be a tremendous success. And then the rest of the days here, more and more analysis from a gambling perspective and from a player's perspective with all the sound that we're going to get coming through. Bill Romanowski is going to join us tomorrow. Uh, We're supposed to also get Marcus Allen. I'm working on a couple other Raider alumni. We'll tell you about that tomorrow. Bobby, good job back in Vegas. I appreciate that. And for everything you might have missed, uh, just go to lvsportsnetwork.com. We got Jared here. We got Damon here. We got an entire team working behind the scenes to make Radio Road this great experience. And again, thanks to all of our proud partners, including Tommy White from the 872, local 872, as they built the stadium and they built Vegas on time, on budget, and safely. Thanks to Tommy White and the 872 laborers, our proud partner from Radio Row in Phoenix side of Super Bowl 57. Q is ready to go. He's on deck. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the flagship of the Silver and Black. Fire is burning.